When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, it's PHNX Cardinals on a Thursday. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. This is your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast, the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. Loaded show today on a Thursday. We've got our guy Trevor Sikama coming from Pro Football Focus to talk about the Cardinals and the Cardinal draft. And Bo, it got me thinking you know, the Cardinals offseason, it's not over, but it kind of is over. We've got the post-June 1st cuts coming down the pipeline. And we're, really, you and I haven't sat back and graded, properly ranked this offseason for the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to put a caveat for, like, Ooh. Monty Austin Ford. So, like, I'm not grading the hiring of Jonathan Gannon. I'm not grading Michael Bidwell's scandals in the media. It's just, like, <laughs> from, a, from a personnel standpoint, maneuvering standpoint for Austin Ford, I want to talk about where you think he fell this offseason. Yeah, what's up, Michael? What's up, Mr. J? Everybody in the chat. Appreciate everybody joining us on PHNX Cardinals. Yeah, can't wait to talk to Trev as well. As far as Monty Austin for this offseason, I'll just say this before we really dig into this conversation. He understood the assignment. As far as where this organization was, what needed to be done, making some maybe unpopular decisions and kind of really being steadfast as far as his vision of this organization and how they get there. There had to be some unpopular moves that were made. And I think that Monty Austin Fort in accumulating as far as assets and, and, and maybe not signing some players that had success here and probably are entering the, entering the prime years of their career, him not signing them to big guaranteed dollar deals was a tough decision, but the right decision ultimately for this organization. And then to kind of cap it off with a solid draft where he added a ton of future draft capital and a very more talented 2024 draft. And uh, I think that that is a solid performance by Monty Osfort in his first as far as the Arizona Cardinals general manager goes. Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about Bo Brock, the landscape of this team in prior years, like I think – when Steve Kime took over, a lot of us were like, yeah, they kind of re- need to reset. And he didn't. He kind of went balls to the wall, that free agency, right? They signed a lot of big contracts. Short term, that worked out like a Jared Valdir and Mike Ayupati, but they didn't age well. And so we've talked about it at nauseum. This is the true resetting, reconstruction of this roster that we have seen maybe in my lifetime, certainly where they're like, we're stripping it down to the studs. And we're going to attempt to build it back up the right way, not with bloated contracts, not with trading up egregious picks and going all in on a singular player or two. It's like, okay, how many assets can we equip ourselves with? How many contracts can we attempt to move off? Mm -hmm. And now we're going to identify premium positions, tackle, edge rusher, cornerback, quarterback, right? Those are the positions that for too long have been ignored by this franchise. So 
I think if you take a 3,000-foot view and you were to look at, okay, what did Austin Ford do? He heisted the Houston Texans. We're going to talk to Trevor about that. Yeah, he didn't get Will Anderson Jr., but he got what was apparent as the best tackle in the draft, and he gave himself a bunch of lottery tickets on day two and three of the draft to mm -hmm. supplement the interior of this roster, the meat of this roster, which is not deep enough. I think, you know, this is the last year I think that we're going to be able to say, hey, the Cardinals have a bunch of star power, but the meat of the roster isn't great. They've got Buddha, they've got D-Hop, they've got Kyler Murray, and I think, you know, I'd put Zach Ertz when he's healthy in that group. They've got a lot of top-tier talent. Then there's a huge decline where it's yeah. the depth is not there. The Cardinals are trying to level out this roster with depth that just didn't exist under Steve Kime because he couldn't supplement it. He couldn't draft late, right? His free agent signings were a disaster. So I am optimistic. I don't want to, I'm going to let you go first. We're going to, I think the most appropriate way to do it is I want you to rank it on a scale of one to 10. I don't want to 10 being the best. I don't want to okay. do uh, a, a grading system, a letter grade system. I, th I think that's played out. But if I ask you to put a numerical number and you can do like, you can do an 8.5, you can yeah. do, you know, However decimals. you want to manipulate, like you can use decimals. I, mm -hmm. I want to know how you would grade, rate this offseason on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, it's, a, it's a great question. I mean, I've already kind of said that he understood the assignment, and I think that as far as you just kind of go off of how the old grading system went, and if you're going off, you know, 10 out of 10, that's an A+, plus, right? And if you get maybe somewhere 9 point up towards 10 that's in the a category and then you've got the b is the b's there probably from what 7.5 maybe to eight to almost to nine so it's it's interesting i i think that monty austin ford obviously he didn't there weren't a ton of free agent dollars and i think that that was a good move on his behalf right mm -hmm. we've seen that it's it's almost impossible to build a roster through free agency and for him to not go and spend premium dollars just to kind of panic and say man, look at what I was left with. There's no depth on it. I'm immediately going to try to go out there and spend premium dollars in order to get this roster back to you know, to where they can contend each and every week. It's like, no, this is going to be a little bit longer play. I'm going to save those dollars for future free agencies and, of course, drafting and developing guys and then really emphasizing the draft. And, and Jonathan Gannon piggybacking that and having a unified message from the front office to the coaching staff and, and that they're going to draft and develop and it has you excited and then to kind of pull off the draft where, as you mentioned, premium positions. When you look at Steve Kimes' first draft, if you look at his entire draft resume, it's terrible, right? I mean, his first draft pick was a guard. His next draft pick in that draft, Kevin Mentor, was an inside an off-ball linebacker, right? Another guard in that draft. Sure, they got Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, but it's like Monty Austinfort's first draft was premium position, premium position, premium position. And I mm -hmm. think with that being said, he un he completely understood the assignment. I'm going to give him an 8.2 as far as this offseason goes. Now, that's with me saying that as far as, you know, I, I think he was handcuffed, and that's a very solid grade for what he had to do as far as cleaning up the mess from the previous regime. I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm going to go 8.1, almost identical answers. Um, I do think there were some missed opportunities in free agency to potentially add a, a quality backup quarterback. And I, I think that if we look back, given where this team is in September and October, if they don't have Kyler Murray and I have to watch Colt McCoy or Jeff Driscoll play quarterback for this franchise, I'm going to be upset at Monty Austin Ford. 
because I know you mentioned like cap restrictions and and you don't want to invest too much in a position that already pays Kyler Murray over $40 million a year. But to take a couple million, two, three million and try to get somebody a familiarity with a Joshua Dobbs that we know they had links to, and that could still happen. But I mean, Gardner Minshew's available, Joshua jo- Dobbs, Jacoby Brissett. Um, and I get it. Some guys may not want to come here because you're just keeping the seat warm for Kyler Murray, but but money talks. And there's no other position that I would have said go out and flush in free agency with money um, or draft capital, but go sign a quality backup quarterback that can keep you competitive. And I'm hopeful that Petsing and company, they can do enough with smoke and mirrors until K-1 returns. But I, to nickel and dime the quarterback situation, you better have something planned. And, and that's almost not fair to Austin for it. It could be an incomplete. Kyler mm-hmm. Murray could be back in September. We don't know that. You know, they could they could have an inside route for a trade. Maybe Colt McCoy surprises people. But right now, on the surface level in May, I'm going to say the only opportunity missed. It's, you know, you could say the Hopkins deal was a little bit of a miscue or the lack thereof a deal. And so maybe that and the quarterback uh, market for the backup is kind of where I'm I'm going eight uh, out of 10 instead of like a nine out of 10 or a 9.5 yeah. out of 10. But those are minor. And I think the Hopkins trade or non-trade is made ever the the more tolerable, knowing that you got a huge surplus of picks from the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. And that we had talked about, what if you can't trade down? That makes that day two pick you get for Hopkins that much more valuable for your rebuild. Well, yeah. instead, Monty Austin Ford traded down three times in the first three rounds. And in, yeah. in doing so, got the number one and the number three pick for a team that probably is not going to be very good, could potentially have the first overall pick. So I think you can grade that one on a curve. Certainly you can grade the conversation with Buda Baker on a curve, assuming he's going to show up for camp. For me, it's like the only issue I have is the contingency plan or lack thereof at quarterback. Cause you knew Kyler Murray wasn't healthy when you took this job. Right. And we had, you go back and look at our preview shows when we were talking about free agency, well, what's the number one thing they're going to do where well, they're going to bring in a quarterback, right? They're going to have to get a quarterback who they're going right. to get. And then inside anybody. And I, right. with all due respect to Jeff Driscoll, that, that ain't it. Jeff's not it. No, he, he's certainly not. And there's there's certain things that that can increase this number. Uh, mine was 8.2. Yours was 8.1. To where I think one of Monty Austinfort's strengths was just identifying talent on the free agent market. Even during the season, he was he was known for being great at this and, and matching it to the scheme for each coaching staff. And I finding players that can can make an impact who are basically just off the streets. And it'll yeah. be interesting how we can kind of look back at his free agent crop. And I know people like weren't impressed by it. They're, you know, Kazir White was the marquee name, if you can even call that. It's like if he found a starter at center, or if he went out and got yelled at Froholt, and he can hold down the center position for one to two years before they draft and develop a guy at that spot, maybe before John Gaines is ready out of UCLA or somebody in the future draft, uh, it, it can make this number look even better. See in the chat, Michael Evans, before we said this was going to be on a scale of 10, he said A+, plus, and then he said uh, it's a 10 compared to the previous regime. And I, I don't yeah. disagree with that. In the past two years, I give him a 10 to your rebuild. As far as what you need, uh, obviously, to kickstart a rebuild is cap space and draft capital. And it seems like they are set up very well, and it's odd with a quarterback contract uh, right there. You know, after this season, they're still in a position. They're even a position if they wanted to move off with that, they would eat forty-six million dollars in dead money. But 
earn net cap money if they moved off of Kyler Murray potentially. So Monty Osterford has done a very good job in maneuvering several variables, but the biggest has been cleaning up the mess left by Steve Kime. Well, you mentioned before the show to me that one of your locks for the uh, NFL season in terms of over-under for wins is the LA Rams at four and a, <laughs> a seven and a half. And it's like, even if the Rams exceed that, which would be lunacy, I love the Cardinals direction much more than the LA Rams with a lot of old contracts. Are they all in sign or, t- you know, taking uh, Stetson Bennett, wasting premium picks on him. I mean, just to me, it, I think the Cardinals are much better set up for the next half decade than the Rams. I think the Rams are on a a bitter decline from here on out, and you can gamble and wager on that and more with our friends at BetMGM. BetMGM, call your shot. We've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, special offers for our listeners each and every week. Every Saturday and Wednesday, you can claim a bonus bet from our friends at BetMGM on the house. The bets expire after 72 hours, though, so do not wait. The premier sports book in Arizona. Do not miss it. We had our son away watch parties for the postseason. Uh, they were fantastic, presented by Neutral. Hoping to be able to do that again next year. But right now, ongoing first Friday of every month, May through August, is the Knockout Nights Cornhole League. Shows are going to be live, live broadcasted on-site giveaways, BetMGM prizes. If you haven't signed up yet with our friends at BetMGM, what are you waiting for? Use that bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our AZ audience in particular, you're going to get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, you got to use that bonus code PHNX to do so, and you got to check out the show notes for details. And now listen to our guy Shane, producer Shane, talk about it in the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. We got Trevor Sigma from Pro Football Focus set to join us. But first, if Trevor was in town, the first place I would bring him is Four Peaks Brewery in Tempe. It goes crazy. Anytime you go to Four Peaks, whether you're in the airport, you're at the terminal, you're getting a beer before before your flight, it's an elite airport beer. You've got the original location, the OG location, H Street. Go catch a game. You got the Western Conference, Eastern Conference Finals, NHL playoffs in full swing. You got the Diamondbacks are heating up. Why not go catch a game at Four Peaks and dive into their elite, deep, robust just amount of beers that they have on tap, brewed right there at Four Peaks. They've got their barrel-aged selection, which is unbelievable. They've got barrels from Kentucky that they're aging their delicious beer in, and it's so smooth. Like the Kilt Lifter, their flagship, if you get the barrel-aged, it's unbelievable. you got to check it out for yourself. Make sure you're following them on your socials as well, at Four Peaks Brew and at Four Peaks Pub. Got to be 21 years or older. Enjoy it responsibly. We love our partnership at Four Peaks, Johnny. We love our partnership. We love our friends. Friends of the program, including (laughs) this man, Trevor Sykema, pro football focus, NFL insider, aficionado. Trev, we had an opportunity to visit with you at the NFL Combine. How you been, my man? I've been great, guys. And, uh, you know, since we last talked, uh, the NFL offseason has been kind to you guys, at least through the <laughs> NFL draft. I know that we're going to dig into that, but uh, I know that means you guys have to be doing well as well. But I appreciate you. I appreciate you letting me on the show tonight. 
We love to talk to you. We love your enthusiasm. I think uh, the audience obviously responds well to it. And when you talk about this offseason, when you talk about how well Monty Ossonfort navigated this draft, you know, I saw just – you're not just talking about the the picks that he, he got for the future of this team, but the picks he made this draft you were really excited about. Oh, dude, I, I love this class. This is one of my favorite classes. I mean, I know that we'll talk about the Paris Johnson move, but – when you select the player that you were going to take anyways at number three, and instead you fearlessly, I should say, navigate, because it's not like they just moved back from three to six and were like, all right, we're good. We know our guy's going to fall to us. They moved from three to 12, and then it took further maneuvers for them to get back up exactly where they needed one, that where they wanted to be to pick the player that they wanted to pick. In doing so, you get a future first-round pick, a future third-round pick. I mean, that was just chef kiss, absolutely beautiful. I love B.J. Ojolari as well. He's one of my favorite pass rushers in this class, you know, really outside of the guys at the very top, really outside of Will Anderson. Um, there was a lot of kind of pick your preference on these players. And B.J. Ojolari is somebody who really understands pass rushing, understands how to get to the quarterback, already has an array of moves in his pass rush arsenal. That's stuff that – um you know, we go into every draft and we say, oh, well, you know, when this guy learns some more moves, when he gets these things down, it's not a guarantee. And we already see that kind of uh, approach to pass rushing from B.J. Ojolari at the college level. You figure that he's going to take that to the NFL. And so that's a really great baseline. I think Garrett Williams, the corner out of Syracuse, would have went even higher in this draft had he not torn his ACL. He's so smart. He's so instinctive. He's absolutely got uh, starting potential. Uh, and then one of my favorite guys, I love Michael Wilson, man. I, I don't know where he's going to fit in this wide receiver room just because I don't know what the Cardinals wide receiver attack is going to be right because it's it, you're turning the page from Cliff Kingsbury so you don't know exactly what that's going to be there but Michael Wilson he is a bigger stronger wide receiver gives you the ability to play him on the line of scrimmage as an X he's a great blocker he's a two-time captain he's somebody that for three straight seasons really was the go-to player the go-to focal point in Stanford's passing attack he was just hurt unfortunately a lot of the time but when he was out there they clearly wanted to run the offense through him he's another player so smart a guy that you've already seen the light kind of come on at college you're just waiting for that to continue at the nfl level so i really do think that if you take the draft picks that they gained aside bo you are right these are four players who i think can all be starters that they hit on their first four picks which to me is a home run of a draft yeah, it's a breath of fresh air to Cardinal fans who, I mean, the draft has been an afterthought for this franchise under Steve Kime. It's it's a welcomed return to late April acquisitions. I want to talk about those draft picks, though, because I mean, we had heard leading up to the draft that day that Tennessee had an inkling to come up to three, assuming C.J. Stroud was, was not going to go second overall, and it was going to be Will Anderson. The, mm -hmm. the Cardinals had talked to Tennessee. They were putting out feelers. And then I believe like Houston – Kind of got cold feet. They took C.J. Stroud. Their owner's very impulsive. How big of a deal, though, and how unprecedented, I should say, is it for a team like Arizona to get that kind of package from Houston for a non-quarterback in Will Anderson? Because I don't I don't remember anything like this happening before. Yeah, and, and I mean, clearly, the love for Will Levis was not as universal as maybe it would have been for Anthony Richardson, right? I mean, like we had teams that if they would have been in the hunt, like let's say, you know, let's say, let's say that it just would have been different. And 
maybe CJ Stroud would have still been on the board. Then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I think the package gets a lot higher. But the fact that he goes and then they know that they have to trade up for Will Anderson. Well, really, yeah. it was just Will Anderson versus, I think, one other quarterback versus multiple quarterbacks. So I think that probably would have taken teams out of the running, out of the conversation. And with that in mind, they, I don't want to say took advantage because that always sounds harsh but i yeah, think they kind of took advantage of houston saying we need to be good now like right. Nick Stereo, for as much as you know the leonardo dicaprio quote the i'm not leaving thing you know where he's like ah you know people are trying to get i really do think that if casario didn't make a major statement that people above him ownership they were going to get tired of it because guess what houston's probably going to be bad this year again yeah. and can you stomach being bad and just going well, we got CJ Stroud, so like we're we're cool with it. No, I really do think that they had to make a major splash, and they did with the coaching cycle, getting D'Amico Ryan's in there as head coach. I think that was a great move. But then allowing D'Amico Ryan's to have a guy like Will Anderson, one of the better players in this draft, anyways, saying, "Hey, we have a cornerstone on offense, we have a cornerstone on defense, and we still do have a first round pick next year." They don't have two next year, which they might regret because next year's class actually looks kind of kick-ass, but (laughs) they at least get to say, we've got those two guys in the building right now. So, you know, it was, it, it, it's a hat off to Monty Austin for in his first time in the GM chair, being able to really be comfortable. And I think the price maybe is not as impressive to me as the distance they went because throughout the entire draft process, when I was thinking about partners for number three, overall, I kept going to, okay, if the Raiders want to get involved at number seven, makes sense. You know, if Chicago wanted to jump up for whatever reason at, at, at nine, maybe if the Falcons really wanted to move up to three for, I know they liked Paris Johnson jr. A lot as well. So, you know, if the Falcons wanted at eight, but I thought to myself, man, Tennessee trading up from 11 to three, is Arizona in this class, which we already talked about, not really deep for stars at the very top of this draft. Was Arizona really going to go from three to 11? And I couldn't convince myself of that. So they Mm. end up going from three to 12. And then again, have the poise, the calmness, the confidence to then just go, okay, we're going to keep the phone lines hot. We're going to make sure that we can jump up for the right price to get back up, to go get the guy that we think is going to fall a little bit further than number three that we would have taken at number three. So to to your original question, yes, it was a fantastic job getting that kind of a haul for a non-quarterback. But again, to me, it was even more impressive that they were willing to go as far as Mm. outside of the top Mm. 10 and then be savvy enough to jump back in it and go get their guy. And it feels like the dominoes fell just incredibly well for Monty Austin for it, for it to be basically Houston and only Houston at that point, because what, you know, 2024 draft pick outside of their own, the Cardinals is more valuable than Houston's going forward. I mean, just uh, based off projections, I know that everybody can surprise people, but you know, let's talk about the savviness from a first-year GM, though. I mean, to go from 12 to diagnose how the board's going to fall and realize, hey, I got to get back up there. I got to get Paris. If I want Paris Johnson, I got to get him now because if you look at how it went after that, they get Paris Johnson at six, and then you have a run on tackles all the way down to like 12 or 13. Yeah, and, and I think that that's just, again, 
really great intel. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you guys. This is one of the first Arizona Cardinal drafts I've liked in like three, <laughs> in like three or four years. And it just when you just look at how they went about this entire thing, it was it, it was it was so clever to me because just to your point, you're sitting there at number three. And I think there are a lot of general managers that in their first draft as GM, they don't want to blow it, right? They don't want to get too cute with it. They, right. they, Paris Johnson Jr. was sitting there for them, right? They could have stayed at number three, especially if the only great deal on the table or the deal that would have been the most enticing to them was to go all the way back to number 12. When you when you go all the way from three to 12, you are saying, not only are we not getting Paris Johnson Jr., we're probably not getting OT2 either. Like, we've got to be mm-hmm. happy with however the board falls for us to get yeah. OT3 or OT4 unless you were very comfortable with the intel that you've gathered knowing Indianapolis isn't going to take your guy. Seattle's not going to take your guy. And then you've probably had conversations already, maybe a little bit with Detroit that said, Hey, you know, if we get in this situation, you know, maybe, maybe we might want to look to trade back up. We're thinking about trading down, but we like to trade back up. You've already primed it for a potential deal with Detroit. So again, I just think that, uh, there were a, there are a lot of general managers and shoot myself included right I, I can't say that if I was sitting in that exact chair I don't know if I would have the confidence to do what he was able to do that that calmness and that confidence to be able to go from three to 12 and then back up to six and it was just it was beautiful GM work to, 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 to watch that happen and that's why I tell I've been telling Cardinals fans ever since the draft you should be encouraged not just for the players that were drafted. Because look, guys, it's all a game of risk, right? First round pick, second round picks, third round pick. There's no guarantee in the NFL draft. I like all the guys that they drafted. No guarantee that they're going to be good. It's just how the NFL goes. But the way in which Austin Ford went about the draft, approached the quote-unquote game of the NFL draft, if you will, and then the types of players that he went after. To me, that signals somebody who is going to get it right more than they're going to get it wrong. Nobody bats a thousand in the NFL draft. No general manager does that. But the ones that survive and the ones that thrive are the ones that put them in a position to really hit that kind of luck uh, and those good opportunities when they come about. Let's talk about the crown jewel this draft, and that's Paris Johnson Jr. And and I, Bo and I had talked about you know potentially taking him at three. And you know, a lot of Cardinal fans were kind of on the fence. Is that a reach? What about Will Anderson Jr.? I, I was a big fan. You know blue chip program in Ohio state, what he did against Georgia, his feet are exceptional, probably the best pure left tackle in this entire draft. Where do you think his ceiling is and how quickly can he ascend to hopefully a pro bowl level talent, which they just haven't had enough good offensive linemen in their tenure in Arizona period. And this really does feel like the changing of the tide up front for Arizona. Yeah. And, and I want to make sure that people know this about Paris Johnson as well. I I don't know if he's going to be this all pro type of offensive tackle right away. Right. Even his Ohio state tape last year, it's his first year starting at left tackle. You know, he was their right guard before, but why was he their right guard? Because he was so good. He was so talented. They knew he was their future at left tackle in Columbus, but they wanted to get him on the field. And so they Mm -hmm. played him at right guard. And it's funny, this guy who's got some of the longest arms and the longest wingspan of any offensive tackle type of player, 
they got that guy to play right tackle just because they really wanted to get him onto the field. So I think it's going to take a little bit of time for him because he is still working things out, marrying the the, the footwork with the hands, you know, exactly know when to strike with the hands and exactly how to play with good play balance. There, there's just things that adjusting to different pass rush moves, it, it, it's all still kind of new for him, but that's okay. He's a one-year starter. So I don't know if that necessarily means he's going to come out and be a starting offensive tackle for this team left or right. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I think the pick was good because one love is ceiling. I think athleticism, flexibility, hand usage, projection, the fact that he has started at both the right and the left side of the line of scrimmage, which tells you how natural of just an offensive lineman he is. Um, I've gotten to know uh, his family a little bit throughout this draft process, had the chance to meet them. And so like, I know his background a lot. It just, everybody who ever meets the kid is just like, wow, phenomenal kid, phenomenal human being. You know that he's going to work his ass off, whatever his ceiling is. You think he's going to work his butt off to really try to achieve that. And so that's something that you love. You love to check that box as well, have that kind of confidence. And I think it's the right pick because the Cardinals are rebuilding. They are. They are at a point where, especially given the draft picks that they acquired for next year's draft, this is at least a two-year rebuild here. That's the way mm-hmm. you got to look at it. You've got to look at this team and say it was it was constructed for a coach who was unique in his approach anyways in Cliff Kingsbury, and it didn't work. So uh, who's to say whether Gannon himself is going to be the exact guy that they need to lead this team, but whatever core Kingsbury kind of put together, I think a lot of those pieces have to be dismantled. That's why, you know, you let some of those guys walk in free agency. That's why you make an effort to acquire more premium draft picks. And so investing in the trenches when you are starting, what is a rebuild to me is always the right approach. So that's why I say, Paris Johnson might not be an all pro offensive tackle in his first or second year, but you hope this guy's playing for your team for 10 years, right? It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily about the first two that aren't even in a winning window. Anyways, it's about when you get to that winning window, this guy is starting caliber because he showed you the ceiling to become that. And I just think that that's where the Cardinals are. And that's why the pick of Paris Johnson to me was such a great one. I want to uh, do an exercise here with you. I want to use the old PFF mock draft simulator. Okay, all right. Put you on the spot. We didn't. We didn't tell you about this, but we want to have you do the Cardinals because you and your colleagues have the Cardinals one and two in this draft. Uh, I want to see if you're going to make the pick at the top. If you're going to trade down, who you would take, and also uh, who that maybe that that second round pick is. Trevor Sikama is putting on his Monty Austin Fort costume and he's going to make the selections here <laughs> for the Arizona Cardinals. Are you ready to go, Trevor? Uh, I am. I am ready to go. Yes. I can't believe we're back here doing this. We did this at nauseam. We love this side. <laughs> Our audience loves this, by the way. And only the Cardinals, after their draft, were immediately looking to 2024. Uh, I want to do this with you, Trev, but afterwards, we got to get your take on Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., and the top of this, this draft because. We're infatuated by it, and it's going to be a year-round thing on this podcast. But all right, yeah. so we're kicking it off. Yeah, this is this is Arizona's true pick. So Houston is picking second. Arizona is picking first. In a scenario like this, Trev is like, is this a scenario where you keep Kyler Murray and you trade down, or what do you do here? You're if you're picking number one and number two in this draft. 
I think you're probably taking Caleb, right? And and there's so many things that are at play here with Kyler Murray. But I think that something that is worrisome is, of course, the general manager and the head coach that selected and wanted to build this team around Kyler Murray are no longer there. Kyler's yeah. also coming off injury, right? And Kyler has had spurts where he has almost looked like MVP caliber level. And so if you are confident in that and you say, that's still our guy, then that's fine. But you're also in a situation with his contract, which is tricky, right? Because he's coming off of injury. He's probably not playing much next year. So you go, okay, then is the year after that, can we really expect him to hit the ground running? If you can, maybe you can salvage that deal that you signed him to. But if not, then all of a sudden you're paying a lot of money to a quarterback when the rest of the roster is not even ready to be at that caliber of a winning window anyways. And so to me, it would make the most sense if they truly do have picks one and two next year or shoot even number one and another top five pick it doesn't even have to be one and two to me, it would make more sense to reset the rookie quarterback timer, knowing that you get the fifth year option with that, that you have more time to build a team. So if, I, if, if you're putting me in that seat right now, if they would have the number one overall pick uh, the trade, they would get back would be, three first round picks minimum for a guy like this. But uh, for the sake of this, I'm, I'm probably just going to draft Caleb Williams at one. All right. The pick is in Caleb Williams, USC. He's an Arizona Cardinal. All right. Number two, I think this is a little bit easier, right? You don't have to uh, break down the thought process behind this one. Second overall pick in the 2024 draft. Yeah, it's so Joe Alt, right? That's who we're taking. <laughs> Joe Alt. So listen, I'm not going to take Joe Alt, but I'll tell you. This is the pick I would shop. This is the one that okay. I still think that you could get a ton of value for. Because as of right now, I think Caleb Williams is QB1 in this draft. Now, I haven't gone through summer scouting. I haven't really put these guys through the microscope. But just from what I've seen of Caleb Williams, it's unbelievable. I mean, he might have been QB1 in this draft, right? He would go, might have gone number one overall if he would have been draft eligible. So, I'm probably taking Caleb Williams at number one, but the rest of this class is so intriguing. You've got Joe Walt, you got Olufashanu, you've got um, you've got Marvin Harrison Jr. Right? There's so many guys on the board, and if I was making this pick for the Cardinals, basically for the same one in one out with Kyler Murray's big contract and Caleb Williams getting a five year deal as a rookie. I'd be making the Caleb Williams pick. I'd do the same with Marvin Harrison Jr. Like I, ju- I would just have that one, two for the next five years guaranteed and let the rest of the roster build the way that it should. But honestly, man, you might not get the three first round picks and more because you're not trading for Caleb Williams. Yeah. But somebody's, but somebody's trading up for somebody, right? Can you imagine if Drake may is seen as just as good as Caleb Williams, how much you could then get for the second overall pick. Because let me tell you guys, Howie Roseman has done this so well for the Philadelphia Eagles. He has built the dynasty because he has continued to trade back and acquire multiple premium picks, multiple first round picks in future years down the line. And that's why the Eagles are sitting here and we go, how did this team get Jalen Carter and, and Nolan Smith and all these guys, again, they just went to the Super Bowl. Well, the reason why is because Howie Roseman has been going about this in an incredibly yeah. smart way. You, The best part about this trade from 3 to 12 and then 12 to 6, getting the extra first and, and third round picks that we saw in this year's draft, is that it doesn't even have to end with that. 
you could multiply that even more depending on how Houston finishes last year. So don't just sit here and say, oh, hey, we did a great job. Got an extra first round pick. If it behooves you, if it is more advantageous to trade back again, especially what next year's class might look like, set up the dynasty, baby. That's well, I would <laughs> I would say that, that I'd be very tempted to trade down from number two, but uh, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. It's it's too good of a one-two punch. Yeah, it's not a bad haul. We're here in the second round. This is the first pick of the second round. This is the last pick of our draft. Uh, Trev, who you like? I mean, you could continue to build the lines, continue to pick premium positions, tackle, maybe go back to edge rusher, compliment BJ Ujolari on the other side. What do you like? I know. Okay, uh, I like Malachi Moore a lot. He's very, very talented. If you yeah. scroll down a little, Johnny Wilson's also intriguing. Um, oh, Michael Hall is super talented. Mike Neighbors is so good. Man, this draft is so much fun. Okay, <laughs> keep going a little bit. All right, Jack Sawyer is great as well. Oh the the interior of the defensive line is is pretty bad here. In I was going to say I, I'm leaning Michael Hall, so he hasn't had a big time breakout yet, but he's he does have some he does have some extremely nice flashes. Now there are a handful of Ohio State defensive linemen that I think a lot of people are projecting for them to be high draft picks when really they're kind of I don't want to say coasting off of their recruiting status, but they just have not fully proven it yet. Yeah, at the college level, but. Michael Hall is one of those players who I, I think can be a really good interior defensive lineman. So we'll go, we'll go Michael Hall here. You're right. They, they need something along the interior defensive line. So we'll go a little Hall. beef. You got to love it. I mean, their uniforms look similar. They just took Paris Johnson jr. I mean, they're basically Ohio state West. Let's just do that. Let's just go all in. There you go. Well, the grades are being calculated. It's taking a hot minute. I, <laughs> I, mean, I think we broke. We didn't break the machine with our draft being so elite. I hope not, but uh, we got an A-plus for Caleb Williams. I don't yep. know how Marvin Harrison Jr. is an A-minus. Uh, and then we got Michael uh, Hall Jr. as a C. But wow, PFF Cardinals- haters. PFF <laughs> haters. They're just haters. you hear that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, 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 we did this all throughout the, the course of the offseason into draft season, and um, there were some PFF darlings that PFF loved and then Bo and I would kick around like, are we going to see some of these guys maybe go like late day three that are just projected to go high? Who's the quarterback that was Tanner like McKee? Yeah, Tan- Tanner PFF loved Tanner McKee. Trevor, was that you? <laughs> uh, my uh, my former colleague and very good friend of mine who I love, Mike Renner. He he was the lead draft analyst at PFF for yeah. Such a long time. One of the best draft minds in the game. He loved Tanner McKee, man. (laughs) And it was so funny throughout the whole draft process, like myself and so many of the other guys at PFF, we were just like, really? Like, you you love him that much? It's not like we had to. And he was just like, dude, I'm telling you, he's got the big arm. And look, I will give Mike this. I I don't know if there was a worse offensive line that any draft eligible quarterback played behind, including wow. Will Levis, than what I saw Tanner McKee have to deal with. So maybe it's a longer project for him. You know, he gets in the NFL, he kind of figures things out, maybe gets his starting shot, you know, in two, three years, whatever it is. But uh, Mike was a big fan of Tanner McKee, and thus the the uh, the big board had him a lot higher than than uh, than I would have. Unreal. Uh, he's, he's, he's Trevor Sikama pro football focus. Check him out on Twitter. Check out his fantastic work at uh, pff.com. Trevor friend of the program. Thank you so much. We can't wait to pick your brain all throughout the course of the NFL season and the college football season. As we gear up 
for the 2024 NFL draft where the Cardinals, who knows, might have two top five picks. Thank you so much, brother, for joining the show. Appreciate it, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Trev. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff with the uh, the mock draft simulator. I, I mean, we we said Cardinals are they're sitting one one. You have to have that conversation. You have to be as open minded as it, as it goes. It's hard. The, the, the rookie contract reset. I know that you're eating a lot of dead money, but you're doing that for basically one season. You're in kind of salary cap jail a little bit, uh, but you're you're setting yourself up for the next four seasons to have a quarterback under control and being able to build around. Uh, the entire team. So it's it's a conversation you have to have as an organization. We're not saying just pull the trigger. Caleb Williams is him, and that needs to be in the discussion. But you know, it a lot. There's so many variables. How Kyler Murray ends the season, how he grasps the op- offense of Drew Petzing, how everything looks offensively, and then you know, obviously, how Caleb Williams navigates after winning the Heisman Trophy just this last season, how he does in this upcoming year. Uh, it's a great question from Akin and R um, that I want to get to. But first, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Circle K. We're so excited to partner with our friends at Circle K. They are the premier convenience store at a convenient price from iced coffees, $1.89, 12 packs of beer, Hello Four Peaks, $9.99, Red Bull, 12 ounces, two for $5.75. If you're gearing up for summer fun, hydrate and hydrate with our friends at Circle K. Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff they've got going on right now. So I double fist the 32-ounce Polar Pops anytime I can. I do the unsweetened iced tea, caffeine it up, text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club. Again, buy one, get one free. 30, you know how big 32 ounces is? big. It's about as big as my dome. It's a, it's a, it's a huge size. Head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find the nearest Circle K near you i've got one just down the street here in the copa the copa cabana and it is my go-to at night if i'm like oh man i'm out of this i head to circle k i told the story on mother's day didn't have orange juice popped out back in 30 seconds convenience at the ultimate convenience prize text phnx to 31310 for the buy one get one polar pop bow we have a uh, shane in studio today he won the phnx sun devils best duo draft yesterday i've oh. seen several times on social media name a better duo and there's you'd be hard pressed to find a better duo than uh circle k snacks and then maybe some ogs from ogs oh, yeah. brands obviously oh, yeah. arizona's favorite cannabis kitchen creating experience being part of phx family that's what ogs is all about they've got all the unbelievable flavors you know from their uh orange cream sickle to their strawberries and cream which is the happy balance uh gummy that they have and now they've got mixed bags so they've got different flavors that you can test out you don't have to buy separate bags anymore it's like creating the perfect mix cd you're not having to go buy, you know, 12 tracks when you only like one track. You can get a mi- perfect mix of everything with their mixed bags right now. Fruits, the creams, you get them all from your friends over at OG's Brands. Check out all their great products, ogsbrands.com, and follow them on social as well, at OG's Brands. Can't go wrong. You can find them in your local dispensary, even if you're out in Maricopa. Check them out. OG's, got to be 21 years or older. And, of course, you got to enjoy them responsibly. Uh, so, uh, our guy Akinen R in the chat, really great question. Uh, what if the Cardinals get the first overall pick from Houston and the Cardinals play decent or well uh, mm-hmm. in their pick? Let's just say their first round picks like 17th, right? Let's say they overachieve. They're very competitive. Um, I think to answer this question, my man, 
you got to see Kyler Murray. What's Kyler Murray look like? Is he the catalyst for your revival? Is he an MVP caliber quarterback? It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because you're asking Kyler Murray with a rebuilding roster to do almost the impossible is to come out and say, I'm going to be better long-term than Caleb Williams, who makes no money right away. That's going to be a very difficult choice for Austin Ford and company to make. You could say, well, let's just trade down and get Kyler Murray all of these assets. What if Kyler Murray gets hurt again, right? Mm -hmm. what, if, what if Kyler Murray comes back and he's he's solid? Let's say he's Derek Carr-esque, right? But it, that's not what you want. You could say, okay, he's going to be better next year, another year in the system. That will be the most difficult decision. Because if it's the Cardinals pick number one, it's because of their own demise, right? And mm -hmm. Kyler will have played a part in that, but for better or not. But if the Cardinals aren't picking one and they're competitive and Houston's picking one bow, I'm leaning right now is you you would just you would have to take Caleb Williams regardless. Look, if if Kyler creates a good problem and Arizona Cardinals fans aren't used to having very many good problems, this is another good problem to have where Kyler Murray, if he plays well at the end of the season and he forces you to have the conversation of well, maybe we just move forward. Maybe if we just continue to pay this contract and he's the franchise quarterback and we build around Kyler Murray, that's great. Or he puts you in a position to where he can get more value in return from a trade for him, uh, for Kyler Murray. I mean, you, you would be going from trying to convince some teams, and there's always quarterback-hungry teams willing to pay the price for it. I mean, I see Carson Wentz's name in the chat. You know, he did it not once, but twice. He was traded from Philly to Indianapolis and then Indianapolis to Washington before truly fizzling out and now work, looking for work. Like, there's going to be teams that are going to vie for Kyler Murray's services. If yeah. he has a good season, his asking price goes even higher. And, you know, Monty Ostafort can weigh the pros and cons as far as, okay, do I want a guy who's played in this system, a guy who has games under his belt, a guy who has a ceiling as an MVP player, uh, or do, do I want to roll the dice on, you know, a prospect, albeit a really good prospect with, with Caleb Williams. So, you know, Monty Austin for throughout the draft process, talking about the third overall pick was mentioning, Hey, you got to weigh, you know, this decisions, are we going to get value in return? That's going to match what we can get at three Cardinals have to do that with the first overall pick potentially in that scenario. So it's a great problem to have. And if you can multiply, you know, other them into other good problems, it, it still puts the pressure on Monty Austin for its shoulders to make the right decision for this organization, but it also simplifies things and takes out, you know, the margin for error. Yeah. I just, you think about paying a quarterback, no money compared to $50 million. And if, if you're convinced that those quarterbacks are going to be equal, you go with the younger, cheaper option. Um, and I love Kyler Murray. And I think that I, I, I don't see a scenario right now where either of these teams, in my opinion, get the first overall pick. I think they're going to be much better coached. I think there's some other yeah. teams, sneaky teams that are going to implode. The Raiders, for instance, maybe Atlanta with these kind of lamed up coaches. But we got a lot of time to divulge in that. And part of that is because I think Kyle Murray's going to play. And I think he's going to play well. Um, our friends or foes at the ringer do not think that, <laughs> Bo Brock. You sent me one of the most egregious snippets yeah. from a major publication in recent memory. Uh, give me some context as to what we're looking at on the podcast. Bob. So I think they do this every year. They do like a annual quarterback relationship status breakdown, okay. right? And they've got like the happily married. They've got the honeymoon phase. They've got the shopping for rings, uh, the wait and sees. And then this one at the very bottom, they've got the secretly redownloaded hinge, uh, the dating app out there. The Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, New England Patriots, Mac Jones. Uh, and, and this is what, 
the article said about Kyler, Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray were toxic for each other even before they got married. Everyone else found out when it was revealed that Murray's prenup required him to study more film than play less Call of Duty. But now the Cardinals are laying the groundwork to file for divorce. That's news to us. We continue the article. Arizona runs next year's draft, owning Houston's first and third rounders, plus its own picks. Together, Arizona and Houston are currently favored to have the top two picks in the draft. That often comes to fruition, doesn't it? Back to the article, Murray is expected, this is brand new news to us, expected to miss most of the season while recovering from ACL injury. Uh, just a lot of not smart pieces of information there. <laughs> uh, and again, that's just, uh, we know the ringer and some national publications don't pay a lot of attention to this team, but I mean, like why would the Cardinals fly to Oklahoma to celebrate Kyler Murray's Heisman statue right. unveiling if they weren't all in on Kyler Murray? I it just, they're going to try to make it work with Kyler Murray. They want to make it work with Kyler Murray. That may not result in a ton of wins. We don't know yet, Bo, but that is not Bill Belichick, like benching Mac Jones for a mid round pick. What was that kid? Bailey Zap. Zappy do and, and then you've got <laughs> Kyler Murray as hey, you cannot <laughs> besmirch WKU great Bailey Zappy. Go Hilltoppers. Go yeah. Hilltoppers, baby. It, it, it's it's all about the injury and the money that complicates this. If it's just all quarterbacks are healthy and they're available, Kyler Murray's the top ten quarterback. You you'd have hard press to convince me otherwise. Um, but this this narrative that Kyler's not gonna play this year yeah. just won't die. And it it's it's like something breaks in in Hollywood or something breaks in the news and it becomes a hot rumor. It's like, okay, well go to the source who said that find the original source. Cause everybody picks up everything else, different media outlets. They report it, but they kind of faux report. It. It's like ghost reporting. This is ghost reporting. Everybody's just taking the same made up article or snippet that Kyler Murray back in December, January projected not to play this in 2023. Whereas then if you go back and look at recent comments and headlines is, hey, Kyler Murray looks really good and he's potentially ahead of schedule, right? And he's working out. So I, it's lazy, but it's not unexpected. Um, I just, I have a trivia question, but we can end the show with it. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, just, I like just that. Remind me. No, I, I mean, it's, it, this guy, it really feels like I, I can pinpoint where he got his information as far as Kyler Murray's timeline. Don't you like, he yeah. got it from Ian Rappaport's report. We just a few weeks after Kyler Murray's surgery, just speculating in, De hey, in December. In yeah. January. He can miss half the season. He can miss most of the season. It's, they're, they're where if you listen, if you, if you just follow Kyler Murray closely, you look at how, He's been attacking this rehab, and that's a word that I didn't use, like make up that the staff has been using. And then you have Jonathan Gannon. Sure, he said he's a long way away, and then he says, "Yeah, but the season's a long way away." So you know he likes where Kyler Murray is as far as his time frame. I think if they were expecting Kyler Murray to come back in November, he wouldn't be liking Kyler Murray's time frame. He wouldn't be saying things like that. So you know, and, and to your point, and everybody in the chat seems to be agreeing as well as like they're, they've. They are embracing their franchise quarterback as they should, uh, and there wasn't done enough from the previous regime. So to assume that they've re-downloaded their dating app and are back on the market secretly, I just don't think that this is the organization. And maybe the old organization would have done that, but not this one. Well, there's no benefit too, by the way. And we we talked a little bit about JG's comments on Kyler Murray, and we had a, a, a blip on our our YouTube page at PHNX Sports about it, but. There is zero benefit to Jonathan Gannon getting the hopes up of the fan base and the community in the Valley saying Kyler Murray's ahead of schedule. We think he's going to be back much sooner than people think. 
because what's the what's the downside to that? Is you disappoint people and he's not ready, or maybe he he overexerts himself. How about let's just be cautiously optimistic. Let's let him surprise us. They know internally where he's at. They know internally. They probably have a date in mind circled on the calendar. But you play it safe in a year where listen, they're an underdog in all 17 games. So you think Jonathan Gannon wants to risk his franchise quarterback and try to push him out week one? I see a comment in the chat. Do you think he could be back by week one? I'm not discounting it. I wouldn't put my money on it with our friends mm-hmm. at BetMGM, but I, I think that there is little benefit for, for talk right now in May where Kyler Murray is, where his rehab with his rehab and speculating when he's going to return. Yeah. We've, we've speculated for fun and I, I think it's going to be early October, but that doesn't mean that it couldn't be September or November. Yeah. Uh, if you were watching a certain streaming service last night to watch, you know, maybe the Eastern conference finals, that broadcast was interrupted. Do you know what streaming service doesn't get interrupted? You can watch any sporting event without the fear of it breaking down. I know. What's pick up? me. Pick me. Yeah, I know. Shane. I know. Fubo TV. That's right. Fubo there it is. TV. Absolutely. You can sign up for yourself. FuboTV.com. And if you put FuboTV.com slash PHNX, you're going to be in for 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. Stream live TV from any device. So if you want to lo- watch local channels and you're on the road, you travel for work, you're out, get out of town. Uh, for vacation, as the the temperatures heat up, you can catch up on your local teams. You can watch the D backs on your device with Fubo TV. You got the PGA t- Championship. It fired up this morning. They hit the links, and you can get in on that action by watching it on your smart device with Fubo TV. Don't miss out on that. Don't miss the rest of the NBA playoffs. Don't let it stall out on you and you be left there. What's happening? What's going on? Is Jason Tatum, is he choking? Is he not? What's going on with Tatum in in the Celtics? Well, you'll never miss any of the action with our friends over at FuboTV. You can go to FuboTV.com slash PHNX and uh, use the link in the description. Sign up and get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Uh, From Fubo to our friends at Foco. Foco is the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise. I have an array of toys from my friends at Foco and they do things a little bit different. You see stuff on shelves or you see stuff on, you know, racks and you're like, man, that's, that's fire. That's not, you know, boilerplate retail stuff. That's elite product lines, including apparel, accessories, toys, love my toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They do officially license gear for all sports and fandoms, including our precious Arizona Cardinals, my elite throwback jacket, Foco, this JJ Watt bobblehead, Foco, Spring and baseball season right now. They've got Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for the game. They've got decorations, and they've also donated a few awesome pieces for our set at the PHNX Studios. So check them out and show them some love. They always, always, always have the back for Arizona sports. They're always the first to come out and say, hey, Arizona fans, check out our new products. They're awesome. And right now I'm going to help you save some money for all non-presale items with our friends at www.foco.com. Use that promo code PHNX at foco.com, 10% off for all non-presale items. Do not miss it. Just like some of our other uh, good friends and partners here at PHNX, stuff goes quick. Get it now at foco.com, Bo. 
Cannot wait. For, I'm just going to random websites and putting in the promo code PHNX and just seeing what comes up. We're just dialing yeah. everything. I, I don't know if I would recommend that, but yeah, for <laughs> our partners especially. Our, uh, here's a partner in Shane Diefenbach that he has a, a fun fact trivia question. All right. right. Well, also, let's welcome Peter Michael, who's a Canadian Cardinals fan. Hey, joining what's the chat. up, Peter? Thanks for joining us. Thanks to everybody. Great chat today. Just a fantastic chat today. Everyone it's, was really nice. We're not, I like that we don't shy away from the conversation about Caleb Williams. It's just one that has to be had but look it's one that could be a moot point come the middle of the season if kyler murray's healthy and uh the cardinals are winning football games but let's get to the trivia question well let's talk a little bit more about a guy like caleb williams then caleb williams obviously in a quarterback class of him and drake may who's expected to change the landscape of the nfl with all the high expectations but who holds the record i'm going to start with you johnny for most passing touchdowns in college football single season history um colt brennan from the university of hawaii uh no that is incorrect bo the most passing touchdowns is it joe burrow it was until bailey zappy 62 (laughs) now who holds the record for the most passing yards in a single season bonus points I mean, is it the same guy? It's Bailey Zappi. <laughs> Everybody enjoy your weekend knowing that, or actually enjoy your Thursday night knowing that Bailey Zappi holds records. Zappi do, Zappi don't ever read those <laughs> on this show again, but do go to gophnx.com, become a diehard, subscribe, use that promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. What, what conference is Western uh, Kentucky even in? Mm, it seems like it should be in the MAC, but it's not. Western, I gotta look this up now. The is it is it in um our guy Andy Isabella's crap conference? What was no. that? I feel like he's out there with Andy Isabella. They're in the conference right? USA. Gotcha. Okay. Conference USA. Lighten some, it up. Yeah, something tells what are me there's some other little... just uh powerhouses in that conference that uh UAB. Okay. Uh Louisiana Tech. Okay. Yeah, some good teams. Just I always used up. to play as those teams in uh, NCAA, which is coming back next year, by the yep. way. I used to always play as those universities and then just, just and, build and them up. Them, yeah. And then get them get them moved out of conference or take the coach, mm-hmm. move them elsewhere. You'd always start at like a Panera Bread Tech or a Louisiana <laughs> Tech or whatever. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I, I actually used to create colleges. I created Hawaii A&M as most recently in <laughs> – as last year, playing NCAA football 2005, one of the greatest games of all time. Larry Fitzgerald how, on the cover, by the way. How bad will the new NCAA game? D- d- if they try to make it like that, it's going to be the worst game. It's, it's going to be a letdown. I think it's going to be a letdown. I think mm-hmm. we've built it up so much. They're going to mess with. They screw up everything. They screw up all reboots. Yeah. They screwed up the Star Wars. You know, I saw Mario's trailer. getting into the uh, yeah, that's football game. Kind of like legit. Mario like like Mario Kart, but Mario, Mario? football. I'm not talking about Mario. I'm talking about it's me, Mario. All right, it's yeah, that's gonna. Th- <laughs> it's me, John. Here's, here's some Clayton Tune highlights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. There's Clayton Tune just touching the rear of his uh, <laughs> okay. uh, of John Games the second, gearing up for some of his first passes as a Cardinal. All right, well, thanks for everybody tuning in today. Make sure to hit the like button, subscribe. Uh, listen wherever you find your podcast. Subscribe there. Leave a like. Leave a rating and a review. We appreciate that. And uh, we'll talk to you. Wrap things up for the week on Friday right here at PHNX Cardinals.